It's about to go down with Mark and Kathy, a live coaching show about dropping ideas. Mark and Kathy coach and have conversations with brilliant idea creators who are reimagining the world through the expression of their words, thoughts, and actions. Hey, everybody. This is Kathy Armias. Welcome to It's About to Go Down. And I am Mark Williams. And check this out right now. You already know I call Kathy my sister. Well, introducing right now is my brother from another Mario Lewis, world champion material, world-class speaker coach, world-class dad, world-class husband. My brother, I am in your honor. I, I, I am honored to be in your presence. You know I'm going to shower you with all kinds of love right now. And... Man, I, I'm I'm so I'm so fired up right now. The three of us getting together is so super awesome, and I can't wait to have this conversation tonight about check this out, cracking the code on the creative process. Mm. Oh, we got to get this started. But Kathy, I know you wanted to say something before we get it started. So go yeah. ahead. I, you know what? I, for everybody watching, this is incredible. You have no idea what you're about to witness because, so first of all, I met Mark over 10 years ago and Mario not too long after that. And how I met them both was because they were both com competing in what used to be District 46, the New York area Toastmasters. Both of these two amazing speakers ended up every year, all they would end up at district competing against each other. And every time one of them would win, boom, guess what? They would partner up and help each other. And to me, I, I think that's a rarity and I don't think you see it that often. And, and in fact, this past summer, Mario, Brian Robinson and myself were helping Mark with his final two speeches. So I just think it's incredible to have the two of you on here who are typically competing <laughs> against each other. And now you're going to tell your secrets to the whole world. I love it. And it's beautiful to be here. I've been watching it go down for a while. So it's a pleasure for me <laughs> to finally help to make it and have, make it go down. And I said, <laughs> thank you for the introduction, Mark. You are, you are truly a brother from another mother. And I, I support you. And I honor you, and I think you're just the most amazing person and speaker in the world. And Kathy, just to have known you for this long, and this past summer was amazing watching you be a part of the creative process and working with Mark. That really brought me into the family with all to, uh, all of us, and it felt amazing. To, so I'm just excited to be here to make it go now. <laughs> mm, I love that. Nobody's ever said that to us before, Mark. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> One more quick note before we get started. Mark and I didn't plan this, but I decided to show up and represent Brooklyn for Mark. And somehow <laughs> he decided to show up and represent Oregon for me. And it wasn't, we didn't plan this. So here we go. Tells you about great mm -hmm. minds, great minds yeah. to like. So Mario, just, you know, really quick, I thought we could start, you know, you have a really interesting perspective on how you prepare for, you even called it a season. It's kind mm -hmm. of the competition season, uh, you know, competing for Toastmasters International, you know, what would go on to be the world champion of public speaking. Tell us about that a little bit. Great. And it's interesting because growing up, I never thought of myself as a creative type. I mean, I've been a business person, just mm. never played an instrument, didn't didn't paint, didn't draw. 
once I found speaking, I found my canvas, I found my easel. But, and as a part of that process, so like after the contest season is over, I spend the next few months just listening to a lot of content, reading books, listening to speakers. And then I started to create a process of writing. I write and write and write. I, I find things that I've heard and just put it on paper. I need to see it on paper for my creative process to begin. And it's just an extensive period of writing. And then I start putting things together, putting thoughts, stories, metaphors, phrases. And then eventually I start to put out a little bit of material here to, to folks. And I, and I think, Mark, you've coined, you, you, you coined the term for when I shared, you, shared it with you. I test out a lot of small speeches with a lot of people in written form. And then I go finally to the stage. That's the last part of the process, which I think is a little bit different from the process that you've outlined, Mark. Oh, oh, yeah. But before we get to my process, I, I got to give credit where credit is due. Because, yes, you're right. I have coined the phrase, the Bon Jovi approach, the Bon Jovi <laughs> method, right? This is what my, my good brother Mario Lewis does. Back in the 80s when Bon Jovi was huge, and if you don't know Bon Jovi, check it out, do your homework, right? Bon Jovi's huge, huge pop metal band in the 80s. And they had some amazing hits. And their secret to their success is they'd write all of these songs. They put all these songs together. But before they would release an album, did I just say album? Yes, I said album. Before they <laughs> would release the album, they would go to like a, a private club with all of their major fans and they would play these songs. And the songs that were most popular with their fan base mm -hmm. are the songs that actually made it onto the album. It was a winning formula. Mm -hmm. And my brother, Mario Lewis, who lives in Jersey, I mean, how could I not win it? <laughs> <laughs> and and when, when I expressed my, my creative process to you, you nailed it and you called it on the spot because that's what I do. I, I use my cl Toastmasters club. I usually come up with three to five speeches and, and broader thoughts that I've written out, documented, mm. that I just give to the club, and they identify to me what they feel has potential. So by the time contest season starts, I have selected two solid speeches that I want to work on, continue to work on. So it, I have my content written. I mean, I have speeches that I haven't uh, further progressed, I have ideas, and I'm just waiting for it to come into fruition, waiting for it to ripen, because... It may have not. It may have not meant the top. It's on the cutting room floor from last year, so that's my creative process. All right, you better watch out. I don't know if anybody was watching the news, but they're about to come out with a new Beatles song called "Now and Then." Apparently, that was produced and written, and then AI and all kinds of things, and they're about to come out with a new Beatles mm -hmm. song because somebody called up Mario Lewis and was like, how do you do this? You take stuff that's been cooking in the pot and then you wait until... <laughs> you don't throw it away ever, even if it's no. been decades. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, it speaks to the value of all the different ideas and stories that everybody has to tell. And you never throw anything away. Like, it might not be... It might not work for this presentation, this yeah. meeting, this conversation, but it doesn't mean that there it's not good material. It's just not good material for right now, or it's not the best material 
for this moment. So I love that that's a part of your process. Yeah. I mean, because I have a speech, I remember in 2020, that when when we went into the pandemic, they were having the contest and they were going to have a the finals in Paris. And, and I had been to Paris and I had a unique experience there. I had a story that, and I wrote this speech that was, I, I saw myself delivering it in a stadium in Paris and I was gonna be able to call out certain parts. And then the pandemic happens, I made it to the finals and it was done virtually. Mm-hmm. So that speech, I've had it three years, I'm cooking, I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for yeah. somewhere yeah, yeah, yeah. where it could emerge again. <laughs> Oh my but God. It's just, that's just the nature of my creative process. It until until it ripens, it is not supposed to come out. So mm-hmm. I don't do a lot, I, and I haven't done much with it. But I, it's a solid idea. You know, one thing I would one word that just pops up for me when I hear you talk, Mario, is like preciseness. You're very mm-hmm. precise, and it makes sense mm-hmm. now because if you've ever heard Mario Lewis speak, you know. He's very intentional. In fact, I'm starting to really see a correlation to what comedians do Mm because comedians make you feel like you are, you're cracking up, you're laughing, you're, you're, you're hearing things that, that you can relate to. And yet the process for a comedian is hardcore and they don't like any comedian will tell you, people just can't tell you you're funny. You're a funny guy. That does not how that's not how comedy works at all. Mm -hmm. And so I love the preciseness of 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 how you do this. That makes me think that what you're doing, uh, Mario, is more of an art. And a lot of people that speak don't don't apply that art to it or that science. I mean, because I I, in watching Mark perform this past summer, I watched him like we give him feedback. He'd go back to wake up at five o'clock and then just test stuff out and just work and work and work. (laughs) But he wasn't really wor- always working off of a script. Yeah. So like for me, for me, like when I was in, when I'm training for it, like I know I have 673 words and I'm, and, and I knew exactly how I wanted to deliver each, the, you nailed it, Kathy, precision. Because mm-hmm. I think about every word has a meaning and has a place. And then once I'm able to put it all in, then I can be more, I can be ad hoc. Or it allows me the freedom to express myself after I have ingested all that material and know exactly what I want to say. Cause then I can customize it to the audience. So I don't feel tethered to that speech, to every word, but for me, it begins with knowing where every word belongs. Wow. Okay. Mark, I don't know if you, if that hits you at all, because we're all, we're the three of us, I would say end up in the same spot. Before we get on a stage, I think he just nailed exactly how I end up right before, before delivering on a stage. So we're doing, so it'll be interesting, Mark, you got to talk about your process now because it, it, it's, it'll be interesting to see how all three of us do different (laughs) things. And, but that spot you just talked about, Mario, we all end up in that same spot. We Mm -hmm. want the freedom to be in the room and we all three, I think, go for Mm -hmm. that. You know, it's funny, when I started this journey, I wrote two words down and blended them together. And the the two words were scripted and microphones, scripted microphones. Mm. And the whole idea behind scripted microphones was I wanted to be very 
precise with my words as well, right? And I'm such a wordsmith. We always talk about how my background is an English teacher. So I was always into creative writing. Like I love wordsmithing. I love language. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I always wanted to make sure that I'm picking the right words and arranging them in a certain way and the repetition this way. Like I, I just love putting all those things together. I'm, I, I got electric company in my head right now because I think it was, um, oh man, I want to say it was, it, it was word something. It'll come back to me later, but I love that, right? But I was always, it was always weird because unlike Mario, I didn't write anything down. Mm -hmm. What I would do is I would use what I now like to call the Jay-Z Jay -Z Little Wayne method, right? So to give everybody some context, I'm watching a documentary a couple of years ago about Jay-Z, and I happened to, a couple of years later, watch a documentary on Little Wayne. And one of the things that, that was common between these two mega artists mm -hmm. was that they don't write down any of their lyrics. They go into the studio the turn on the microphone and the music and they just jam. And I'm sure there's probably those scribbles of things and notebooks and stuff like that, but they just freestyle and jam. They have a mental jam session and that's how they create their music. And then afterwards they write it down. So the way that I usually come up with my ideas, my creative process is I know what I want to talk about. And I know some of the stories that I want to tell, but I walk around the room. I might go up on the roof. I'm walking down the street and I'm, I'm coming up with things. I'm mm. coming up with that phrase. I'm coming up with that sentence. I might switch it around. I'll practice it a couple of different times. And then it becomes internalized. You know, we, we never say memorize. Okay. It becomes internalized. Mm -hmm. And, and, and through, and Kathy, check out this word, because you know we love this word, through drills. I drill these phrases and these stories in a certain particular way until it's just in my head. It's locked in my head. And then I end up producing the entire presentation, whether it's a five to seven minute or a 60 minute keynote. That's the way that I create the entire process. And I do it bit by bit, or, or if we're using this music, track by track, yep. until I've got the entire body of work together. And then I just practice and I just drill it and I just drill it until it's in the head. Now, I will tell you what I've learned over the years is, and I read this in a book recently, there's a period of time where what you've internalized can leave your head. Mm -hmm. And for many years, weeks later, I'd say, oh my goodness. Like, I don't remember how I said it anymore. Yep. And, and I've always trusted that, but, but it came out naturally. So somehow it might not come back in the same exact words, but the idea and the cadence will be the same. And I think one of the reasons why I use that as a creative process is because it's also very important to me to be able to speak in my most natural voice. Mm 
And I felt that sometimes when I was writing, mm. it wasn't natural or it wasn't naturally my voice. So I wanted to make sure that I created it in my voice, the way that I talk, the way that I speak. And then afterwards, once it's down, now I better record it or I better write it down so I don't lose it. So that if I ever have the chance to do it again, it's it's solid. And by the way, I can then go back. If there was a, if there was a presentation or a talk that I did five years ago, if I have it recorded, it's easier for me not to read it, but to listen to it, to bring it all back. Mm. Wow. Because you've got those mental, you got those pathways that you built into your brain, like you, and, and you have to tap back into them. Yes. You know, and I had a, a teacher who once said I had a photographic memory. I don't think it's how I have a photographic memory. I just have a memory. I, I have a mind that drills. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mario's I, I, doing the same, right? I mean, it's a, it's a, you're both drilling just in a, in a different way. Mario does it through writing. Yeah. Right. If I want to re remember something, if I want to internalize something, I have to write it down. Like mm -hmm. I still, even from 2012, when I first got on the world stage, I still have the iterations of the speech that I, I have about 45 iterations of that speech. And some of those iterations could be just a few wording changes of mm -hmm. something that I've heard that made a few words more powerful. So for me, I would deliver speech after speech and one delivery could be just intentionally to say a word differently so I could see the reaction. Mm. I just can't, I just don't naturally just get on stage and just, because I hear what you describe your process, but it's, and I've seen you do it, mm -hmm. but it sounds just foreign to me. It just sounds that at the if I was to do that at the beginning of my process, I, I don't think I would be as creative. I would be I'd be stuck because I wouldn't have internalized the message based on my creative process. Oh, I already see a challenge coming from me. I'm like, I'm like, you guys play Freaky Friday. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden I'm free. I'm going to play. Both, yeah, you woke up and you're Mark Williams. <laughs> and Mark, I, you wake up. approach, and... <laughs> man. I, I write, I, I'm going to have scripts of paper. I mean, just like you use the metaphor of a comedian. And if you've, if you heard Seinfeld talking, he has a, a, a book, he has folders and folders of index cards with jokes and jokes. And he puts together his shows by combining index cards. Mm. And, and so it's it's just a, some folks do it just by extensive writing. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to play the, I'm going to play the, I'm going to play the hybrid middle for a minute. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when I'm coaching somebody, especially I would say more, so I'm going to talk more about when I coach other people, I do it myself <laughs> as well, but I think more, most of the people that I coach, whether that person be a, a CEO that like has to speak all the time and is, is speaking on a regular basis or, an, you know, another professional speaker, um, I've coached plenty of professional speakers or somebody giving a Ted talk, everybody kind of falls in the same realm of like, mm -hmm. writing is hard for most people, I would say, Mario. And so I created a I kind of created a way that I thought would help shortcut most people. And so I, I got rid of the writing piece because what I found is that when, when people write, they have a writing voice and then they have a speaking voice and it's hard for them to switch their voice. So if they write something and then they love it and they kind of get married to it, they fall in love with it. And they're like, oh, I love this. I love what I wrote. 
And then when they try to actually deliver it, they're not able, which I know that you can make that translation. They're mm -hmm. not really able to do it. And so I created a process. I tried to hybrid it a little bit and I created a process so that, so that people would stop doing that. And it would be more about being an architect. And so I created a thing called the idea map. It's a tool that I use with a lot of people. And I just, I really just want them to architect it out first. I want them to go, all right, we're going to build a 2000 square foot house. We know it's going to be two stories. Um, you know, this is going to be the main style of the house, you know, and these are going to be some of the important parts of it. And so I, I, I found that to be really successful, but what I would, what I have said to people, and I'm starting to think Mario, that you kind of fit into that space. Mm -hmm. I tell people a lot of times I go, unless you're a trained performer, politician, actors fall in here, comedians fall in, in this realm. A lot of politicians might fall into this realm where they can just take written material and perform it really well. Uh, I think it's hard for a lot of people. So I don't, I have an anti scripting method. I don't let people, I don't let people write it because I, and I always call it like, I want them to breathe it to life. So what I usually do, my process goes like this. Mm -hmm. I have them I, you know, being a TED coach, I always start with the idea. I'm like, I don't care about any stories yet. I don't care about anything other than what is that idea that you need the audience to know, whatever mm -hmm. that idea is, let's start with that. And yeah. then I'm like, then I'm like, oh, and how are we going to close it? I go immediately to the end. How do we close it? Cause that's going to mm -hmm. dictate, that will dictate everything else that we do. Cause we know we're getting to this ending. We know that ultimately we're going to end right here. And then I start to build things. Tell me what stories would go, what kind of interesting data would you maybe use to support that? What's a really good opening to really challenge your audience? You know, you're ending here. What are you going to say over here to challenge them? So I try to build it that way. And then I have them outline it. And then I literally tell people, I'm like, literally just grab your phone. And I, with your outline, I want you to breathe it in, into existence. And it's going to sound horrible. It's going to be discombobulated. It is not going to sound smooth. <laughs> And I want you to, and then I want you to immediately listen to it. And then I want you to take your own notes. What didn't make sense? What is like, oh, that was weird. I, kn I knew what that meant, but that sounded weird when I heard it. What did you go? Oh, I really like that. And so I almost feel like it's a hybrid of the two of yeah. you because I am trying to pull that out of them. But what I'm really trying to get at too, is this point that you both talked about. I really, at some point, what, what will happen with somebody I'm coaching is we'll keep reiterating that, but it would, it'll be on an outline. That's like this big, like a one page. I, I, I want it to be a really short outline. I want it to fit on no more than like seven index cards. If they were to write one big thought, they should be able to do a whole talk on that. Um, but I want them to get to the point where I'm like, you know, it so well, it's like driving to the airport. If I asked either one of you, how do you get to the airport? Even if you didn't know the names of the roads, you know how to get there. And yeah. there might be 10 different ways. Mark, I know when you were taking me to the airport that one day, you're like, oh, traffic, I'm going to go this way. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when you were taking me back to the airport? Yes. And, yes. and so I, that's what I want to do with people. And it's ultimately to get them to that point where they've internalized it. And so they, they can now stand in front of an audience and they don't have to know word for word, but they, but they understand, but internalize the meaning. Like for, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a very, cause I know to the audience, it might sound like all oh, very theoretical. I'll give you a, a, a very specific thing. I'm coaching a 15 year old right now who is going to be giving a Ted talk at Princeton. And 
in her talk, she has this really cool story. Her whole idea is about how anger can actually create you can create really good things from anger. If you're angry mm-hmm. about something, you can do something very positive with it. And so she wants people to be anger architects. That's her whole idea. And she said that when she was 11 years old, her she begged her parents, please, please, please give me a dog, please. They were like, no. She's like, please, I'll potty train and I'll walk it. You know what kid, you know what kids say? We know this. Absolutely. And, and what did the parents say? That's the oven. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to take care of this. And and so she then had an idea of asking her parents to have it at her 11th birthday at a shelter. She in in her mind she thought puppy kisses and fun and right God good thinker right like take me to to take me to a whole bunch of puppies. And of course when she got there what happened? It wasn't a lot of fun. It was a lot of really sad situation. It really made her upset as an 11 year old. So she started a business and she ended up donating this money from this business, right? To, to, because she wanted to help. She felt so angry about the way that the animals were living. So, okay. In her, in her particular story, in that story, I've been telling her right now, cause she's trying to internalize it. I'm like, do not repeat the information. You're just, that is not a story. That's information. I don't care if it, a lot of people will paint it like a story, but if you just tell us when I was 11 years old, I went to a shelter and it made me really sad because I saw all the dogs. That's not a story. Mm-hmm. That's information. <laughs> and so right now I'm trying to get her to internalize it, but also to internalize that piece as a story. I don't care if she describes it a hundred different ways. I don't care the day that she stands on the the stage. I, I'm not, I don't care I'm not caring about the exact wording. Of course, we are talking about exact wording now because she's been practicing it a lot. I'm telling her to when she gets to that part. So, you know, be like, please, please, mom and dad, can I, you know, like get into the story, relive it and stuff. But so anyway, that in that space, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get her to internalize it, but as a story in that moment. So even even when you internalize, it's like you can internalize it as a different thing. Like Mario, I'm. I want to ask you about some of your lines. You're very good with lines. That is not a story, but it's an it's an impactful, catchy, emotional line. Yeah, I, I, and and I, I was going to add that you, the way you described it sounds like it's right in between because you get them to start crafting mm. without without going freestyle, but without absolutely scripting. So so yeah. it's right in between. Yeah. And the, the reason why I can come up with lines, things that the zingers at the ends of the, at the end of a story is because I write it down and then I can see this phrase will go at the end of this and it will have this impact because to the point that Mark was saying was that I feel confident after this amount of time doing it, I can write in my own voice. So I know, mm-hmm. I know how it's going to sound if I say it when I hear it. So when I'm writing, very rare. few times I've written something that I can't say. Yeah. Because I know I I I feel like I know who is me. Mark. <laughs> you and I, I gotta tell you, I I, I appreciate that so yeah. much because I think Thanks. about you know the circle of teachers that I've worked with, specifically English teachers, and and one of the things that we've always taught students is about the power of finding your own voice and not writing some like you want to get inspiration from different authors and different speakers and like that. But ultimately you want to be able to find your own voice. And ultimately that's the goal that whether it's students or whether it's the clients that we coach, 
ultimately we want them to be able to speak and to deliver in their own voice. And I think all three of us are in line with that, right? Whether I'm freestyling, whether you've got the precision, whether it's a hybrid, at the end of the day, we want everybody to be able to speak in their own voice and know where they're going. And ultimately, whether you're internalizing it through this freestyle mm -hmm. method or you're internalizing it through your precision, there's there comes a point where you don't need to rely on that. And your brain is just free to yeah. just express what you have in your heart. And, and that's the beauty of it. So, um, yeah, I love that process. And I got to tell you, Mario, you also remind me, here's another reference. We talked wrestling. No, we didn't talk wrestling. We talked music. We talked stand-up comedian. Well, I'm going to throw wrestling in here for us. Of uh -oh. course you are. <laughs> of course I am. I am. You know, because see, here's what people don't always understand about my love of professional wrestling. It's actually less about the physicality and it's more about the spoken word. And what most people who don't watch professional wrestling don't understand is that the biggest stars that you ever hear of mm -hmm. are big stars because of their ability to speak. Absolutely. And yes, there is a, there, there's been a period of time in professional wrestling where a lot of it's been scripted, right? The language that is, and they've gotten television writers. But before that, and even now there are certain companies where they don't script the wrestlers. And you have to go out there, you have to do what they call cutting a promo. And so you really have to be a wordsmith and know what you wanna say mm -hmm. because your impact on thousands of people in the audience yep. and millions of people watching the world really has to stick. So I don't know how many of you are familiar with the wrestler, may rest in peace, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. Right. Rowdy Roddy. Yes. Rowdy Roddy. Right. Now, I watched a documentary on Roddy Piper. And, you know, he also did a couple of movies. They, they may not have been blockbuster hits, but he did a couple of movies. And there was one movie he hits. did. Yeah. <laughs> there was one movie he did called um, They Live. And in They Live, there was a line about um, something about you got a choice. You could, I could either chew bubble gum or kick ass, whatever it was. That was not an original line in the movie. The director, um, John Carpenter, actually got that line from Roddy Piper's notebook. Mm. So as he was working on promos and things of that nature, he kept a notebook. And anytime he had a line, he'd write it down and he would include it in his promos and in his skits and, and in some of these different movie roles. So I bring that up because Mario, you said something that I think is really important for people to hear. Like we need to be constantly reading and, and listening. Kathy has watched how many different Ted talks, yeah. right? Like we need to be a student of communication and speaking and, and the creative process. And when you hear things, jot them down. And when you think of things, jot them down because you never know what they're going to create later on. So that's, that's a genius process and a great tip for anybody who's watching. Mark, thank you for um, talking about that because, well, A, I, I think a lot of people that don't watch 
professional wrestling or, you know, I don't think that they would know that. And that, you know, that just goes to show you there is a science and a precision. I'm Mario, that's definitely going to be your word because yeah. that's, you know, this precisionness that I would say is there. You just made me see too that the one other thing I think the three of us would share in is Mario does it a different way. You do it a different way and I do it a different way. But it made me think about how I am diligent about my story file. I keep a story file. I have almost 2000 entries in my story file right now that I've been diligently doing for about eight years now, I think. Nice. And anytime something, I see something or hear something that's interesting, it will go, because I have different categories. I have like quotes I've heard, quotes I've said, you know, mm -hmm. I've even said some quotes that I was like, that's a good quote. I'm a, I better write that down. And I don't, I'm never mm -hmm. going to say that again. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, I even have one right here. Like I have to show you, this is a funny story. I was talking to my son one day and telling him about how important it is to do meaningful things in life. And then I ended up writing this down and I'll read it. I know you can't probably can't read it, but and I was like, this ended up in my story file. The purpose of life isn't to understand its meaning. The purpose of life is to make life meaningful. I said that it was a, it was a quote from me. And I was mm -hmm. like, I'll never, ever remember that, but I could do a whole speech around that. And Absolutely. so Mario, some of the things that you're doing made me think I'm doing the same thing, same, same, but different, just a little bit different. Mark, you're doing it as well. You're, you're doing it in a different way. And you're a big note taker too. I know. So you mm -hmm. actually do. <laughs> I know. Okay. Same here. I mean, when, when we were coaching with working with Mark, I mean, I had my notes, everything. There were a lot of things that you said that I, I wrote down and, and I just keep those files. But to your point, Mark, on wrestlers, if you ever notice, right, you have a certain all wrestlers have their trademark phrases. I mean, think how big The yeah. Rock became, because let me tell you what The Rock is cooking. If that's not a foundational phrase, I mean, that's what that's how yeah. you have people. I, I always in the certain like right now, I'm trying to work on a foundational phrase for a message that that I want to now use to build around a message. So. Every time I'm thinking, like I said, when I lay out all 600, 670 words, where am I going to place it within that message to have the most impact? So, and that goes to the precision story where we talk about. Mario, is 670 the, is that the number for a, five, a Toastmasters, like five to seven minute speech? Is that? For my speaking style, my speaking yeah. cadence, yep. I, I'm usually at about 600 to 700 if I want to stay on time. Mm. And if you ask Mark, He's got to have a whole lot more words because he his energy. I've tried to do a Mark Mark speech. I can't do a Mark speech. <laughs> Nobody can he, do a Mark speech but Mark. Because <laughs> the energy he brings, the peace, yeah. is just different. So I know how many words I need to be in order to make that work for my speaking style. Yeah, well, I just was thinking how precise that was, 670. And I, and I get it. I totally, I, I knew immediately. I was like, yeah, you probably have figured out if you're going to deliver it the way you want to. It needs to be mm -hmm. in that range. You know what's so funny about that is um is um I lost my thought for a second. Oh, here's what I was gonna say about that. You've got the 673, and I've got the I'll say like the 709. And what does that mean? That means that if I'm doing like a, a, a Toastmasters speech, well, 
I know that it can't go beyond seven minutes and 30 seconds. Mm. So I know that as I practice, because like you said, we all have our different cadence. Time thing, yeah. I know that if I'm always hitting 709, 709, like every time I practice, mm -hmm. I know that I'm always in the right range. As a matter of fact, I always know where, I, what phrase I should be at, at the five minute mark, at the oh, six yeah. minute mark at the yeah. seven minute mark, right? So there's a precision there, more about the seconds and more about the minute than it is about the words, but we're accomplishing the same thing, yeah. same, same different. Again, well, same, same different, yeah. Because my style re relies on word count, yours re relies on time. Because yeah. you want to stay, see, yep. you're which is it's just different, same approach, same end result that Kathy was saying, different angles are getting different towards angle. that point. Oh, that's fascinating because when we came into this conversation, I expected it to be, I didn't expect that, which is funny. I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be blown away. There's going to be some total different thing. And there is, but there isn't at the same time, which also makes me think that the three of us, you know, you know how sometimes you have this, I don't know about you two, I don't want to paint this on you two, but you know how sometimes when people struggle with the imposter syndrome and what they do is they might, and it's probably because they have a way that works for them. And they're like, oh, but people that are doing this for a living probably aren't doing it this way. But I don't think that's necessarily true, right? We just, we've just proven that here's three of us that are doing this at the highest level. And we mm -hmm. all do it different, but we're all trying to achieve the same things. But I think there's an opportunity for us to learn from each other. Yeah. Because in learning in the process, I think I'm starting to become, trying to become a little bit more comfortable with, trying to get on stage a little bit earlier because my process, the time to market takes, <laughs> takes a, is, a, is a lot longer. The investment takes a bit of time to, you know, to kind of put it out on paper because I was never confident that like how Mark may be confident, you know, I can get on stage with it, the ideas in my mind and it'll come out the way I want it to come. I never was comfortable. I had to have it in front of me in order to feel that level of comfort that I could then spread it to other to others. So, so a little bit of it comes from a place of confidence. So I should feel I I need to feel more confident that I can deliver messages that may not be the best messages, but still starts the creative process. Mm, yeah. On that note, I just want to say a, a backstory here because I think this will be fun for the audience. So <laughs> when Mario and I were working with Mark, um, we you know Mark had to go deliver to get to the world stage he had to, to deliver his semi-final speech and this is a speech that he'd already done he had already mm -hmm. won with this speech and you know we we were talking to Mark one of the first times I think and we got to a point where we were like Mark I don't know I don't know if you'll I don't know if the speech will win at the next level mm -hmm. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's good enough. I don't know if it's deep enough. Not, not that it wasn't good enough. It just, I, it just wasn't as powerful at this, at this higher mm -hmm. level. And, and to Mark's credit, Mario, with what you're saying, we kind of ripped it apart one day. Huh. Mark says he wakes up at five o'clock in the morning, does it on the roof <laughs> <laughs> of his apartment building in Brooklyn. Everybody in Brooklyn probably heard him because yep. Mark, you know, Mark's voice carries. He's pretty, you know, excitable and, and crazy crazy, crazy. We get on the call with him next time. And we're like, wow, mm -hmm. he just turned that ship around. Yeah. So to what you're saying, Mario, Mark, that's a, you know, you have, that is a talent that you have innately that you're very good at. 
yeah. to be able to turn that around like that that quickly? Well, you know, I, I would say that, you know, it really incorporates a lot of what we shared, right? Because my ability, and 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 I'm not even going to call it innate, and I, I thank you for that. Mm -hmm. I always like to, as we always talk about, now talk about what the process is so that if anybody else wanted to try the process, it may or may not work for you, right? But a part of the process is when we were sitting there all together and you're sharing all of these different nuggets, I'm just writing. I'm just writing. As a matter of fact, I, I, I really try to train myself in that process when being coached and when giving feedback to not even like debate or, or, or respond, mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm writing notes. I'm writing notes and I'm writing down things that really resonate with me. And then after that, I'm going back to what's here. Mm. And because I've been able to drill it so much, I can make the adjustments without throwing off my memory. And then I just incorporate what you shared or what someone else has shared. And then I drill it more and I drill it more until I get it down. Um, so that's the process. There's a, there's a commitment and Kathy and you and I've talked about this. It's like the athlete, right? Um, you, whether it's a Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan or Ray Allen, they go onto the court at 4.30 in the morning. They may not go up to the roof of their building at 4.30 in the morning, <laughs> but they, <laughs> they'll go onto the court at 4.30 in the morning and they're just practicing the same, the same shot, the same shot. And it's that drilling that we don't always do when we're trying to communicate and, and present in front of people that has become a part of my process. And so taking down those notes and, and studying them and staying true to them and then incorporating them is, is a very important part of the process that I think helps me to do that. What, what is interesting about that, which, which I think Kathy is acknowledging you for, is your ability to take all of that in and quickly within 24 hours, mm. turn it around. Because my, pro my process because I would have to take all that, write it down and then kind of incorporate, then internalize it and then deliver it. It's, it's the difference between turning around on a speedboat versus turning around on, on a cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> I was really envisioning that, Mario. <laughs> yeah. This My, is why you're the word master. But, but it's, 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 that's the way you, it was, you turned immediately but yeah. what what I point to is the level of trust I think that we had developed in that process because maybe I had felt it, but I think Kathy, you pointed it out first and said, "Hey, you know that I think we need to kind of tear this up and start over again and dealt, take at it from this way." And I and because I hadn't and I said once you said that, it gave me the permission to think differently, mm. which is which is I'm not always trained to think. I'm always trying to work within that construct. I'm not always trained to think, and that's why I start with writing because it's it's hard for me to like when when you're on stage you can go in a different direction quickly. My process kind of is kind of steady and builds and gets bigger as opposed to and I don't pivot as hard. Mm. But having someone around me who can help me to pivot quickly like you did in that moment actually Trent he got to the big the biggest stage. Because he yeah, has I mean, something we, to tell him that. We should actually finish the story, right? For anybody watching that didn't know. So Mark ends up on the semifinal stage. 
with the same kind of same kind of I would say idea in the speech, but a completely different way, um, a, a completely different way to deliver it. And 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 it ended up pretty much being a kind of a well, it was it was a completely different speech. I mean, the same idea, but it was just a completely different speech because you you took it from another different. angle. Yeah. And the level of power that he had in the message, it fit with his in his style. Totally. And you could see the difference. I mean, just I mean, all the speakers were good, but you could see the difference. Yeah. It was it was drastically different. And I and I'm gonna add something to that just since we're on this note. To me, the thing that was really powerful in in the context of the preparation it took for Mark to deliver the speech mm-hmm. was that what we really pushed him on before he got there was like, Mark. It, I could sound very cliche what you're saying, what in the way that you're saying it right now, and you'll pull it off because you're Mark Williams, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly like, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but do you really want to blow people away? And so I think I was pretty proud of all of us because we all had a piece in how we kind of helped you with that, Mark, you included, right? Of course, like you were mm-hmm. the one delivering it, but, but even in, in the part of like actually helping to create it, I think what was mm-hmm. really powerful was the creation, the recreation of something that you already had that already was a winning. If so, and if somebody wasn't as humble as you as our Mark, they would be like, I already won with this, get out of here. Like, yep. and you were so willing to rip it apart. You know, Mary, you said this. The greatest speeches, the greatest presentations, the greatest talks are always in the process of revision. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something very powerful for everybody to think about, right? And that's why you have to be, I feel, you have to be open to feedback and you have to be open to other people's ideas. Um, because your idea can be great in isolation, mm-hmm. but it could go to a whole nother level. And, you know, this was the first time. And, and you know, I've always reached out to, to each of you any anytime. It doesn't even have to be a contest speech, right? I'm working on a keynote or a workshop. I've come to you to pick your brain. But this was the first time that I I accepted saying, you know what? I'm not just going to go to Kevin. I'm not just going to go to Mary. I'm not just going to go to Brian. I'm going to bring everybody together. And think about this. As you pointed out, as we all pointed out at the beginning of this conversation, we have these different styles. And to me, that was the magic of why this worked. Because I did not surround myself with people who have the same process or who approach it the same way. And I think that's a very powerful lesson for everybody to hear, that if you really want to deliver your best message, whether you're freestyling it, whether you're using your precision, whether you're using an idea map, like the diversity of creativity Mm. that you should surround yourself with Mm. will produce your greatest work. Ah, (laughs) well said, Mark. Well said. Thank you. Surrounding yourself with people who have a diversity of thought, just an approach, you will get you you get probably further. You get towards the same point either faster or further with that process. Because I think we had a, there were a lot of great ideas that were incorporated, 
but there were even um, other ideas that you can use in different venues. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of create, and I think the humility that you had in the process, because it's hard in that process because you have a lot of things coming at you, you're practicing, people are giving you tons of feedback, but you, when you came back, you always had a lot of creative ideas to kind of share. And we, you said this work, that work, and it was easy to kind of give you feedback based on what we were hearing from you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I had fun. It was it was fun being a part of that process. It was very it was fun. Absolutely fun. It was absolutely fun. And and you know, to to another point that that Kathy you brought up before, there's a lot of great ideas that people have that may sound similar, right? And Kathy, you know, we've coached a lot of people, and we often say like. Yeah, but we've heard that before. I always love when we get on a coaching call and you tell somebody, I'm going to push you because we've heard that before, right? Yeah. And a part of the process this time around for me was great because I, I was in love with the message I delivered, right? And, and the idea of, but how can you put a twist on it? Yeah. How can you say something that nobody would expect you to say. And yeah, there's a well, genius in that. Yeah. And I, I love actually enjoyed, I enjoyed that so much having you guys kind of, because I wasn't, remember I said, I was following the path. How do you make this better? Not how do you tear it apart and make it leap amazingly forward? And that was the thinking you guys brought to it that I was able to kind of latch onto. Mm, yeah. And, and I love, I love when you actually delivered it, Mark, you actually said that, right? If you came all the way to the Bahamas and thought I was going to tell you this thing, which by the way, that's what it used to be like, right? <laughs> and then the end of the under breath, right? You are sadly mistaken or however you delivered it. And, and then like it, I, so that's something that's, I hope is really standing out for anybody listening. This is a, such a cool conversation is that we all have all these different ways in which we are cr creating something. And I hope one of the things that people are seeing is that we're all being very meticulous, just in different mm -hmm. ways. So yeah. just because I asked somebody not to write doesn't mean I'm being careless saying, oh, you know, and Mark, just because you're like walking on the streets, you know, maybe sometimes looking like a crazy person because you're walking down the street, like talking to yourself and doing lines doesn't mean like you're saying all these lines outside doesn't mean that your way that that's not that you're not being meticulous or as precise as Mario's being because he's being very precise too. And Mario, one of the things I, I, I really love that you're that you're saying about yourself. And so I want to ask us all, I'm going to actually put us all on the spot and ask us for a challenge and anybody watching too. I would say let's challenge the three of us right now to come up with our next speech and do it, do it different, do it different. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to do it more the Mario way. I hate writing, by the way. I, I, I don't like writing. I'm going to try to do it the other way. I'm going to, I'm going to, so I'm going to commit to the next speech that I deliver that I'll probably deliver at Toastmasters. Mm -hmm. I'm going to deliver it. I'm going to do it more mm -hmm. the Mario way. Cause I want to, I know that there's something in there that you're doing that I can really cling on to. And I need to be humble enough. I need to follow your lead Mark, be humble enough to understand that this diversity of creativity is so great in this room, this virtual room that we have here. And so I want to try, I want to try different things. And Mark, I'm going to take a piece from you. I'm, I'm going to take a piece from you. Like you're really good at practicing it. And I'm really going to practice it to the T. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm going to, next time I'm going to take two pieces from the two of you and I'm going to create a new thing. 
I think I can probably do the same too. And like I said, I need to have have the confidence that I could, Kathy, the approach you're saying, where I take a smaller outline and work with that mm-hmm. and then use that outline to deliver the full message and then build, then build in my traditional way, once I've kind of tested it out a little bit, brought it to market a little faster. Yeah. And I think that would help me to graduate to the Mark Williams approach where I completely freestyle. Because for some reason, I think I still need to walk in incremental steps. So maybe the next one I do, I'll do like Kathy. And then I'll then I'll follow that by the Mark style mm-hmm. as a challenge, because I need to be challenging myself. With, when there's people like you in the world who are, who are just advancing <laughs> content, advancing ideas. I mean, I, I can't fall too far behind, can I? <laughs> mm, we need, we all yeah. need to step it up, right? <laughs> Listen, you better shut your mouth, brother, because you ain't not <laughs> falling behind in anything, brother. You are not. No way. You are such light years ahead. Um, and that's why I want to take a page out of your book. And I want to now commit to taking some of the different phrases that sometimes come out of my head when I'm thinking about something and I actually sit down for for a, a set amount of time and just write right and just write it out and 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 see what that process produces and even if it doesn't produce the entire speech what I believe is it's going to help me to come out with phrases and, and different ways of saying things that I can then practice, right? And what I love about that is it takes me to Kathy and the idea map because, you know, the funny thing is I don't know how much I really go in front of a room and freestyle in the moment. I freestyle to create but I don't always want to go onto the stage unless I got it down. Mm -hmm. And that's where that old concept of scripted microphones comes from, right? I scripted it so much. And even though I'm okay going off the script, what I think I can borrow Kathy from the idea map is Mm. let it free, right? Like, like I don't have to get, I don't have to be precise about everything. I need to be precise about more things, but I also need to let go of, yeah, I can't go out there until I got it down. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, um, and, and then actually sit down and just say, hmm, what's this part of the idea map? And what's this part of the idea map? And if I know what it is, now just go out there and speak. Trust your natural voice because your natural voice will yeah. produce something supernatural. Ooh. Wow, I like you better that. Write that down. Listen, I'm sitting here. I better write it down. <laughs> Let me record. Put that in my this story is file. Yeah, it's it. Um, wow. Okay, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna end on this one thought, and then Mario, I'd love to hear how you think this conversation went. But okay, so, so this is something I learned early on when I started blending my background of marketing into all of a sudden I'm speaker coach, which I'm like how the hell did this happen? But the one thing that I brought in that, that really glued those two things together was psychology. And one thing that I know about the psychology of an audience in any room, any given day, you could give the same speech to a hundred different audiences. One of the things that we have to do as speakers is we have to be aware of the energy that's going on in the room. And it's kind of Mm -hmm. like, I think it's Aikido that uses the energy and the momentum of, Mm -hmm. of the other person. And 
audiences have you have to be able who doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter what kind of speech or talk you're giving you have to be so present in the room in that moment mm -hmm. to be able to adjust to the energy because there's something that might hit that audience and you might be like oh but i've got it down and it's this and there might be something that just doesn't vibe with that audience and you have to be able to kind of quickly switch so no matter what it is that you need the process that you need to do to get it internally so that you can be aware of that and kind of move with the energy. That's to me, that's like always the most important part. I agree with you. You got to have that type of, and, and I think when we talk about each other's processes for me to connect with the audience, I got to have the full picture in my, in my mind, but I, but I am welcome to the open to the opportunity that I don't have to have it all in order for me to step out there. Just step out in confidence yeah. that you can connect in that way while still not having it all as precise. You you can become more precise in the moment and still mm. deliver. Mm. Mm. I like that. I'm taking away some fun stuff from here. I've taken away a challenge. Mm -hmm. I, I knew I was going to come here and learn and grow and develop. So, hey, thank you for the opportunity to be here. This is just exciting to be with. And the experience I had this past summer partnering with you, working with you, supporting you helped me to grow a lot. So thank you for all that you do. Oh, thank you, Mario. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so I would love, I would love for each of us to say this, this might be a good closing. What's the one thing that you're going to take away from today uh, besides the challenge? Cause I think we're all going to take the challenge. What's the one thing that you heard that you're like, wow, I really love that. I'm, I'm really going to, you know, take that forward. Yeah. I'm going to take a lot of from it. I mean, there were a lot of pieces that I took to, I mean, the we talked about the Jay-Z, the Wayne, Lil Wayne, the Nas approach. I love the wrestling metaphor. Mm. I mean, I've got some ideas that now I can use, fold into content that I'm going to be delivering messages. But the big takeaway for me is not being afraid to change the style, not being afraid to pivot. And while precision is my goal, it is not always it doesn't have to be a part of the start of the process. It can come at the end of the process based on what you've shared, Kathy, and what and Mark, what I've seen you do as well. I don't need precision at the beginning, but my end point, I want to get there. Mm, love that. So good. So good. Mark, how about you? Um, I agree with, with Mario. There, there, there's so many different things. First of all, the cruise ship and speedboat I just love that line. <laughs> I love the visual of that line. And I think that that is such a picture perfect way to describe you, Mario. Like you just, you came up with that. It was visual. It sticks yeah. like that's precision. And that was precision in the moment. It wasn't it, even yes. like that. Yeah. It was just, there's something innate, right? Um, I wrote down three things. Precision is something I walked away with because I think no matter how free you want your mind, there are certain things that, you know, we'll call it a foundational phrase or a quotable phrase. Like there's something that sticks and, and, and you want people to be able to walk away and, and 30 days later, 300 days later to just pop that phrase out of your out of their mouth. And they might even not even remember where they heard it from, but they just remembered it. And that's the power of precision. I love that. And I also took away from, I wrote down endpoint. 
And Kathy, I took that from you because at the end of the day, no matter what the process is, what's most important is where you end up, right? Mm -hmm. Your destination, you know where you wanna go and how important it is for everybody to know what is your desired outcome from any time you get up in front of a group of people and open up your mouth and speak. And then the last word I wrote down was freedom, right? Because at the end of the day, whether you're precision, whether you're scripted and prepared, whether you've got your idea mapped down, packed, at the end of the day, we all want to be able to free our minds so that in the moment when you're in front of all those people, you are so completely present. Gotcha. That's what I took away. Uh, both of you. Nice. Wow. Such good nice. stuff. Um, I, I would say everything that you two said, and, and just one more thing I would add, cause I, I totally agree when I heard you say Mario, the, <laughs> I was already picturing this huge cruise ship and you said it, you said speedboat. And I was like, Oh, speedboat in like a big ship. Right. I, one of the things that I think is powerful about a speedboat. And so this is kind of a big 30,000 foot view that I think I'm going to take away with the cruise ship everything's intentional. They're creating a floating city that's self-sustaining mm -hmm. and that is going, there's something very full, very powerful about that. Absolutely. The, the speedboat is in the moment. Somebody has a speedboat. You can get on it. You can go on it for a couple hours. You can maybe a whole day. And that's a long day on a speedboat, you know? And, and so the two different outcomes are, 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 are different. Yeah. The, the, the cruise ship will take a while to turn around, but the lasting effects of, of a cruise ship is very different than what a speedboat is. Yeah. And so the power that I take away from what you do, Mario, that I'm thinking of is if you think about the top of the funnel, you're putting a lot in the top of the funnel that I think creates that experience that creates that cruise ship. Mm. And although it doesn't turn as fast, that's really not the point. And so I can appreciate that you want to speedboat a little bit too, but I also really appreciate the intentionality of everything that that cruise ship is trying to accomplish. So, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> when you, <That's> someone's <laughs> dropping knowledge like that. This whole conversation. Yes. So I'll close it with this. Mario, if somebody wanted to find you, if you want people to find you and see some of the speeches you've done, like how should people find you? What's the best way for them to You to can find reach me at Mario at MarioLewisConnects.com. And I'm a part of OmniPro Speakers Bureau. So you'll see a lot of my content there. Come check me out. But you need to stay here. It, it went down. It went down today. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity to be a part of the show. Uh, like I said, I, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. You guys are amazing. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep making this world a better, more connected place. Okay. Uh Mario, thank you. Well, for everybody watching, thank you for watching. I hope this is one of the best because I know I feel like it's one of the best episodes we've ever done to have this conversation and to really think about how you crack the code on creating and how there's different ways of being creative. And one more little thought. I love the diversity of create uh, creativity. Like we, I think Mark, you said that like, what? That's amazing. So um, I'd love to close it today with, with saying, if anybody knows anybody out there, please like, like Mario said, it went down today. If you wanted to go down with another idea, come on our show. You can always find us on it's about to go down a show.com. Uh, Mark with a C, Kathy with an E, you know, you'll get us. And today it totally went down. 
and it will go down next time and it will go down every time. So thank you for watching and we'll see you next time.